Welcome aboard Dice Wars, a Udini role-playing production. The Patreon show that dives into the wide world of published Star Wars RPG systems. Grab your favorite dice, photocopy that character sheet, and open up the theater of your mind for the journey ahead. And now, welcome your game master, Caleb Laminac. Hello, and welcome to Dice Wars, a Udini role-playing production. My name is Caleb, and this is the show where we play through the published RPG systems created for the Star Wars universe. The purpose is to play through each system through a small adventure of about eight sessions, so we can explore the strengths of each of the rule sets and hopefully entertain you, our audience. This is episode zero of the second arc, The War of Ideals. Uh, we will begin using the uh, D20 system from the Wizards of the Coast, and we will be playing eight sessions before closing the chapter and moving on to the next the next system. In this episode zero, we will introduce the history, important rules, and some interesting factors about the system itself. If you don't much care about the mechanics and just want the story, you're more than welcome to jump to episode one and start there. This is not homework, but if you are are interested in the rules and the mechanics on how we will interact with this world, I invite you to keep listening as we go through the D20 system. This edition was first published in the year 2000. It was brought to production soon after West End Games, the previous holders of the RPG uh, rights to Star Wars, went bankrupt, and the company called Wizards of the Coast bought them up. Wizards, at this point, was most famous for owning and publishing the third edition of Dungeons & Dragons, another license they acquired after the previous holders, TSR, went belly up. You would also know Wizards of the Coast for creating and managing the massive trading card game Magic the Gathering. So, this edition of the rules does take a lot of influence from D&D. You'll hear me make several references to it. And the systems are almost interchangeable. So anyone who's played on one version of the rules could jump from Star Wars to the Forgotten Realms or vice versa. Also, like the third edition, there was an updated rulebook in 2002 to clarify several Star Wars role-playing uh, questions. It gave you extra starships, vehicles, and added some additional races and classes. One of the main reasons it was updated was because Attack of the Clones had come out, and they wanted to showcase some of the new canon in the books, like Jango Fett and Clone Troopers. After this, Wizards of the Coast continued to support the system, publishing several books of locations, equipments, heroic templates. There was also the Living Force Campaign, a campaign that uh, published that was published by Wizards and sent uh, to conventions and gaming shops so thousands of players and tables could all play through the same storyline. This started in 2001 and ran for six years, over 85 adventure sessions. However, despite good sales, the, this edition was put aside in 2007 when Wizards of the Coast published the Saga Edition RPG, which was a massive rework of the rules. Now, this system is going to be a bit familiar and nostalgic for some of you, um, because these mechanics were implemented in the game Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. That entire game uh, uses a modified D20 system for all its roles and combat, so you will see uh, familiar aspects if you recently replayed them. With that look back, let's peek under the hood and now see how the game actually runs, starting with our playable characters. 
start with the statistics or stats. The system uses the six found in Dungeons and Dragons. So your character will have strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. These range from uh, points of around six to 18 with a stat of 10 being dead average and stats of 18 plus being near superhuman. Depending on the species you pick, you will get adjustments to those stats. So if you're playing a Wookiee, that will give you much more strength, but it will also penalize your dexterity and your wisdom. Unlike the previous system that we had played, this game uses character classes. These are things like Soldier, Scout, Scoundrel, Noble, Tech Specialist, and even two flavors of Jedi, a Counselor and a Jedi Guardian. There's also a Force user class not tied to being a Jedi called the Force Adept. As you gain experience points, you level up in your class, gaining benefits to your defense, attack bonus, and hit points, and skill points, as well as class-specific abilities and feats. Now, this game does allow multi-classing, so each time you level up, you can broaden your horizons. In fact, later levels, there are these things called prestige classes that you can unlock for more specialized play style, and these include things like Bounty Hunter, Criminal Lord, Ace Pilot, and even Jedi Master. Every game action uh, follows the same resolution. Uh, so you say what you're attempting to do, the game master will set a difficulty class, and then you will roll a 20-sided dice, or a d20. Then you add that number to the appropriate skill or attack modifier, and if the total is higher than the DC, you succeed. This is nice because every time something happens, it's the same mechanic for each check. and You only need to cat, uh, keep track of just one die most of the time. Now, what sort of skills can you do? There are many uh, skill checks that you can do. There are a few dozen skills, and they all, again, work the same way. Uh, there's a few factors that influence how good you are at a skill. The first is your relevant stat. So something like strength, uh, your strength modifier gets added to uh, skills like climbing or swimming, while your charisma is added to bluff and diplomacy. Next, you add skill points, which you get and spend every time you level up. Classes get a different amount of skill points, but with the average around six per level up. But being intelligent does get you more to work with. So when you level up, you can add those points to skills you want to be better at. There's a max amount you can spend, so you can only have three more than your current level. So a level 10 character could put at max 13 points into just one skill. This allows uh, some creation freedom because players can choose to specialize in just a few skills or put many points to be a more rounded character. There are other modifiers as well, like racial bonuses, such as Wookiees have a uh, plus four bonus to climbing, and there are feats that you can use to gain more bonus bonuses. Uh, now, that word feat, that's, uh, I've used this a few times, that's F-E-A-T, as in like a heroic feat or a feat of strength. These are extra benefits you acquire by leveling up. Uh, there's an entire chapter in this book just about what feats you can get and what they do. They offer a massive amount of variety in character creation. They can be in, uh, range from being trained in martial arts, being ambidextrous, or gaining bonuses to skills. There are even some wild wilder character creation options that really put your own unique play style in so you can really uh, create the character you want to and you envision. Now let's talk about combat. Combat in this edition assumes you will be using miniatures on a grid and is the primary focus of the game. Since I won't be using a grid, there'll be a few workarounds uh, and I'll play my play and I implore my players and listeners to um, to kind of use theater for your mind and get the best enjoyment that you can. Combat 
uh, always starts with each uh, player and each enemy rolling initiative. This determines the turn order of the conflict. On on your turn, when it's your initiative, when your initiative comes up, you may take both a move action and an attack action, or sacrifice both to do a full round action. These are pretty self-explanatory. Move actions can be used to move your character's speed throughout the battlefield, but they can also be used to do things like drawing a weapon or shoving a box. Attack actions are equally straightforward. First, you determine your uh, target, roll a d20, and then add your attack bonus. Uh, this is based on your base attack bonus, or BAB, and then your relevant stat, uh, as well as any miscellaneous modifiers like equipment bonuses or flanking. Then you compare your total to the target's defense. If you uh, if your hit roll if you hit roll damage and the target loses that many vitality points and then wound points. Yes, this would not be an early aughts RPG without some mechanical oddity. Every heroic character, whether an NPC or a player, has two hit point pools: vitality and wound points. Vitality represents a player's ability to dodge last second and your endurance to take punishment and keep going. It's a very narrative way to explain why like Han Solo or Leia in the movies can take blaster shots but never actually get hit. Uh, they're spending vitality points to dodge at the last moment. You gain vitality each time you level up, but when you run out, the damage goes over to your wound points. Wounds are a lot more serious. You only have as many as your constitution score. You do not get more when you level up. If you lose all of your wounds and fall unconscious, uh, you'll fall unconscious and be completely out of the combat. And if you ever get to negative two, 10 wound points, so if you had you know two wound points left and take took 12 damage or 18 damage or you know significantly more than that, your character is now dead. Capital D-E-D, dead. Now, it's something equally nasty. If anyone scores a critical hit, and you confirm that hit by rolling the dice again and being the defense once more, uh, then that damage bypasses vitality points totally and goes straight to wounds. That means practically anyone can be threatened by an unlucky hit and be completely knocked out of a fight right away, even if you're a max level character. Space combat follows much the same flow as ground combat, but it can be much more challenging. Different sizes of starships give different attack or defense bonuses, and larger ships can have multiple crew members all attacking at once. You also move capital ships around in a grid pattern, and the rules do have main mechanics for veering up and down, but it's mainly assumed to be on a flat 2D plane. Combat follows much the same way as ground conflict, with initiative, attack rolls, hull points, also shields, missiles. Uh, ship combat is really mechanically driven. It requires a lot of math. You know, let me give an example. Like, there's a rule that specific, specifies that capital ships, you know, ships, uh, you know, like Star Destroyers, can only use one quarter of their weapons on a side against a small or medium-sized starship, if they are a distance of one or zero uh, squares away. If your head just swam hearing that, just imagine trying to remember that rule while you're in the middle of a massive fleet battle between capital ship formations. Despite being the system that I'm most familiar with, starship combat has always been something my playgroups did not get a lot of use out of. The more I dig into the rules and the more fun systems there are that do make sense, but keeping track of all the nuances from all the, the, the versions and normal combat uh, might just versus, you know, space versus ground combat versus uh, speeder combat versus space combat, it might be too much for most players. Again, there's enough here to conceivably do an entire Rogue Squadron style of game where everyone plays uh, aces and space combat is 80% of the uh, of the whole uh, uh, season there. 
but for most parties, the it'll be an area of expertise for just one player, while everyone else would just be along for the ride, quite literally. Next up, let's talk about the Force. The Force in this game is more open in, than in some ways than before. In order to tap into the Force, you just need to take the Force-sensitive feat, which you can gain at any point when you would level up and gain a feat. So uh, once you have that trait, you can start putting skill points into some Force skills, which work just like other skills. When you take an action, you roll d d20 and add your modifiers. These are skills such as like healing, battle strike, move object, and Force lightning. When using any force skill or feat, you have to expend vitality points. So the more you use, uh, the more damage you uh, take on. But these abilities can really overpower anyone on the battlefield, since they can affect multiple enemies at once. Also, for the first time in a role-playing game, a Star Wars role-playing game, we can have entertained the idea of letting you play a dark side character. While, while using some skills marked specifically with dark side, you will gain a dark side point. These keep adding up until you redeem yourself or until you get as many as your wisdom score, at which point you're in a corrupted state that can actually weaken you as you level up. In this game, it's an option that if a character fully embraces the dark side, the game master can take that character away from a player and turn them into a villain. But that's only an option, not a requirement. Now, this book was my first introduction to the world of pen and paper RPGs, and left a huge impact on the games that I personally enjoy and what I look for in a rule set. When I was a young teen, I read this book maybe uh, six times front to cover, you know, front to back over and over and over again. While I never got to play in a like long-form actual game, my brother and I made countless optimized characters and tons of little parties to uh, try to get the most out of these rules. The system itself is very is very much of the time it was written. While more modern systems try and streamline character creation and role resolution, the, this book loves to have caveats, synergies, and tables upon tables. There is an entire page dedicated just to the amount of attacks you can use when you make an auto-fire auto versus multi-fire weapon attack, and what your base attack bonus is, and what feats you currently have. Coming back to this D20 system is very exciting, and I'm ready to use my years of experience of running games to get the most enjoyment out of this system. I'm really looking forward to the stories we will tell together. So, again, I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. It's a lot of fun uh, diving into the history here. Again, episode one should be launching the same day, so I sure hope you uh, tag along. We've had a really great uh, cast of characters this season. I hope uh, you enjoyed it even a quarter as much as we enjoyed making it. It was a ton of fun. I look forward to all uh, to uh, leading you through and introducing you to the Star Wars D20 system. <laughs> <laughs>